Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Paulson University Podcast, a podcast for dog people. If it's your first time listening, I'm John, a former animal cruelty officer and a former animal shelter supervisor. And I'm Jamie, I'm a certified dog trainer and a canine behavioral consultant. On this episode, I need space. We'll find out more later. I feel like we're juggling 10,000 things at once. Because we are. Yeah. And I'm also looking over your head right now out the window, and it looks like there's some clouds rolling in, and we have like a thousand cardboard boxes outside assembled because we're packing up our house, and <laughs> I'm worried it's going to rain at any moment. Well, we'll have to bring them in and put them somewhere. <sighs> and then we have the the washing machine is like taking off to I a different think, planet. I don't think they can hear it. I, I don't think so either, but still. It just adds to my distractions. Um, what, how, you know, they have medication for that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> What's been going on this week? All right, it's been it's been a crazy ride. Um, I feel like every single second of my day is accounted for. Yeah. And my scheduling is just off the charts. So we're trying to move, trying to find a house. Still haven't done that. I love how these updates every week, it's still the still same. Still Still homeless. Still sold a house, still yeah. haven't found yep. one. Yep. Selling our house. We'll, we'll be out of this place. Uh, out of this popsicle stand in <laughs> two weeks. Yes, literally May 27th. We'll be moving in with my parents until we find the right home. There is Shout a house. Shout out Joanne. Yes, Joanne and Tony, the best. Um, there is a house near my parents. That is an option. Uh, we're waiting to hear what price they want from it for it. Um, it's the perfect property. We're really hoping for that. So everybody that is listening, send some prayers. Yes, yeah, a good energy. <laughs> we really, we really need it. We do because we have so many things that we want to do. I mean, the list of things it grows every day is insane. Like we have, like if we get a farm, which this house is a farm, it's got a ton of property. Um. We have so many things that we want to do. Like, I want to start our own dog therapy program. I want to do board and trains. I want to rehab rescues that are going to come and stay with us. Um, I want to do work with those therapy dogs where we have kids, people. I mean, adults. I don't. I don't care who it is. Come and enjoy the therapy dogs in our place. Right, and we need some. Uh, we need. We need to be able to set up shop for manufacturing, and we'll talk more about that later. Ooh. I didn't know if you were going to bring it up. Just a little, a little teaser. Yeah. Um, John has his third business going right now. Yeah. It's going to be great. I think hopefully we'll see. (laughs) We'll see what happens. It could fail miserably. Um, so that's another thing. And then our dog walking business has been difficult lately. One because of COVID and a lot of people are still working from home. Um, the other thing is that we had two people leave because they wanted to go back to school and pursue other careers, including our manager. And then this past week, the one who took over as manager, she just got an opportunity through school. She's graduating soon. Um, It's a a career opportunity that she couldn't pass up. Yeah, can't blame her. So we were like, whoa. Yeah, it's just the ship that refuses to go on autopilot. Which we are so used to it being on autopilot. So, which is not good, which, you know, I think this was eye-opening for John and I that just because we put so much energy into Possum University, um, we see where we kind of went wrong with Possum Walks that we should have been a little bit more diligent in watching what was going on. Um, uh, you, 
too good to people. Basically, yeah. is what it boils down to. Yeah, too good, and then get taken advantage of, and you know the whole story. So, <laughs> or they don't know the whole story at all. So we, I'm talking to you, and <laughs> saying, so, you know, we don't even need to put all that out. No, here. we don't. But um, yeah. So we are hiring. We just hired three new people within the last 24 hours, which I was not expecting. Yeah, and they're really good, really good, really candidates. good candidates. So, like, I am uh, feeling pretty good about it. It's exciting. <clears throat> and we are going up to Massachusetts. We are. Two days. Thursday morning, we will be on our way to Massachusetts, to Boston, to see my sister and her girlfriend, Kat. Um, I haven't been up there. We haven't been up there. Four years? Yeah, before we were married. Yeah, four years ago. No, mm-hmm. five? Four. No, four. Four and a half. Four. It was in, it was in the uh, October, I think, or November. Yes. Yeah, November. Yeah. So. It's been, been a, a while. A really long time. And then my sister came down. She was going to spend Easter with us. And then we got COVID. So they literally Ramp. came down and weren't even here for like 16 hours and went right back up. So it's been a while since we spent some decent time with them. Uh, though They are both vaccinated. My parents just got vaccinated. Um, we va- don't need the virtue signal. Oh, I'm we're not. We're being responsible. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, we're. I'm excited. I think my sister, she was nervous so i think she's feeling better because although in their defense (laughs) the first time that they came to jersey was literally when i tested positive for COVID, and (laughs) they're like oh i guess we're turning around like we you know everybody's got their own opinion about it but you know it was just it just so happened that when they came down is when we test positive so everyone's vaccinated now and i'm feeling very good about it i'm feeling very excited to see them and spend time up there and we are bringing oakley and tishy yes and i'm excited about that too because i do I get some separation anxiety when we leave the dogs. I know you don't experience that, no. but I do. Um, I worry about that. Not like, oh my God, like I'm hovering mother. I worry more logistically. What do you mean? I just like, is someone getting to them on time? Yeah. You know, are they being cared for properly? Things like that. I'm, I just, I guess, I don't know. I guess I baby them a little bit. I guess I'm just very in tune with their emotions and I want to make sure that they're still getting that when I'm gone. That makes me nervous. You know, like Oakley can be really a weirdo and do weird things. And Tishy, if you raise your voice, she'll go and hide. Or she you, will shake for like an hour and a half. Like if you raise now, Oakley, sometimes when he is nutsy cuckoo, you have to raise your voice because he can't hear you otherwise. And sometimes she thinks that she's getting yelled at and she'll go lay down and she's like shaking in her bed. And I feel like, awful. Like she's in the Arctic shaking, yeah. like violently it's shaking. so sad. It's pathetic. So sad. So, you so know, we need I, to be mindful. Exactly. We don't know what she's been through. Um, I'm assuming it's not very good. Poor thing. She fell off the couch this morning. She was just stretching. She was rolling around on her back and she fell right off the couch. Ashamed. <laughs> oh, she was so embarrassed. I think she also thought that she really hurt herself, but she didn't. She was scared. All right. So <clears throat> let's get into We it. are on a bit of a time crunch today. No, we're okay. Okay. We're okay, apparently. Never mind, everybody. We're, we're okay. We can kill more time. Um, we I have, have a, 40 minutes until I have a virtual training. I have an S to trainer. Okay. It's a long one. Okay. Um, oh, somebody with a loud vehicle. Uh, it's a long one, but I'll try and get through it. So, listener Catherine says, Hello there. I have a three-and-a-half-year-old beagle named Atlas. We always had some insecurities Weary of other dogs, very protective of his space, and my husband and I. I've started using your methods to make these situations happy and exciting occasions with treats and praise so that he sees that other dogs that pass us on the street or come up to say hello are not threats. However, on three separate occasions in the past two weeks, 
He's acted in a very aggressive way to another dog to the point where I had to pull him away and pick him up for fear that he would harm the other dog. He's never acted in a manner this intense and I'm alarmed. On all three occasions, it was a younger, energetic dog that came up to us and was all over Atlas and myself. The dog also got very close to me, which I think is a part of the problem. Often, Atlas can be very bristly to other dogs, but if given the space to run up and sniff them out, he calms down and is fine with the dog. However, if the dog comes up to us, he doesn't like it and is very vocal. He's never acted this intense before, though. I'm not sure how to handle this situation. Atlas got so worked up so quickly as the other dog wouldn't keep his distance, so there's no way for me to get Atlas's attention and work on positively reinforcing the situation. I'm pretty concerned as I want him to be a well-socialized dog and avoiding the dog parks and time with other animals won't help the situation. Atlas has had some changes lately. My husband, who spent a lot of time with Atlas, has acted as his primary caregiver, recently joined the military, and has now been gone for six weeks. I'm also 32 weeks pregnant. I'm wondering if Atlas is being even more protective as he can sense I'm pregnant. I take Atlas out every evening for at least an hour of walking, sniffing, play, and training. I practice his basic commands with him every day and use lots of positive treat and praise reinforcement with all his exercises every day. Working hard to make sure his cup is full, especially before this baby comes. I did only begin this extra attention to his training in the past few weeks, and as I've seen improvement, it is new, and I know it will take. I, I yeah, as I've seen improvement, it is new, and I know it will take time. I appreciate any input you can provide. I want Atlas to be well taken care of, happy and secure. Many thanks. I appreciate your time, Catherine. All right, so I had a lot to say, and then she was like, "My husband's gone in the military, you and I'm what? pregnant." And I was, was like, "Whoa!" Like, <laughs> it was like halfway through. I was like, "All right, this. The, I think I figured this out, and this makes sense." And then that next part, it's yeah. like this makes even more sense. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's going to be exactly what she thinks it is. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Definitely think he's a little bit more on edge because dad's gone. Um, not sure how he is personally, but I think I've talked about this before on here. Pudge is 100% sexist and thinks that I cannot handle myself. If, for sure. If John is not home or down for the count. Um, John hurt his back like a year ago when I was like super pregnant. Two years ago? No, no a year and a half. Last January. A year and a half. And couldn't get off the floor. Like literally, it's laying, one of those jobs laying, <laughs> laying on the floor, not getting up for two days. Next, next to the couch on the floor for like literally five days, she barked her head off for five days straight at at no noises, just barking because she knew that John was down, that he wasn't okay, and that I apparently cannot handle myself. So that could be the situation too. Some dogs um, are specific with mom or dad of who can't handle themselves or like if they feel more secure i think pudge genuinely feels more secure when john is around and she acts up less when john is around not because she's scared of him because but because she respects him and that she doesn't feel as scared to react towards other people we see this when we come home so like if i'm home and you're not and then you come home then it's whatever oh hi mom Mm -hmm. if you're home and i'm not and then i come home that's when she flips her lid. Yeah. And then it takes her a few seconds to realize that it's John. And then she's like, oh, okay. Everything's yeah. fine. It's like she knows that she needs to alert. Like, yeah. like something bad's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it could be a situation where you don't make her feel confident. In, and I don't know why that is. <laughs> but you don't make her feel confident that if something were to happen or an adversary were to enter the home, like that you can't defend yourself. So, yeah, she's a little well, sexist. Remember when we went to LBI last summer? You and you and my dad went to the liquor store. 
and we this was at somebody else's house in LBI. Um, it was me, my mom, Oakley, and Pudge. The second John and my dad walked out the door, she was pacing and heavy breathing. Stressed. Oh my God. I was like, is this a joke? I was like, we can handle ourselves. We are fine. But it just it just is a really good example of how some dogs perceive that. Um, and like the hormones from being pregnant in general. That could be a reason why too. Um, that Pudge was freaking out when you were down for the count when you hurt your back because I was really pregnant then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I do I do think that that has a lot to do with it. Um, I have one client right now. She's extremely pregnant. She's got two, two dogs. Um, the older one has turned on the other dog since mom was six, week pre- six weeks pregnant. And like to the point where mom is super nervous to have her around the baby. Right. Um, so, and before then, best friends. And this was the only change. So hormones from mom can be a huge uh, indication of change in behavior. Um, now, going back to just in general, the situation that happened when he was, when he was very upset, like you said, um, a younger, smaller, energetic, running up all over you and him type of dog. Um, the fact that the dog came that close, and did she say if the dog was on leash or off leash? She didn't say, but uh, close enough to be all over the both of them. So. Okay. So, a um, couple things. This was not okay for him, and I know she said in her in her email that when he gets to approach, he's much better, which is, is normal. That's extremely common because when that dog approached him, it wasn't his plan. Like that, it wasn't his idea so he's going to feel a lot more insecure about it rather than if a dog was stagnant and he was the one that was able to approach that dog. Pudge is the same way. Um, Pudge will go and sniff another dog, but if a dog comes and approaches her, she growls mm-hmm. because she's uncomfortable. Right. But then when the dog backs up, then she's like, oh, well, I'm going to come sniff you, but you're not allowed to sniff me. So every dog is different with how they experience this, but this is what's going on for Atlas. He is definitely like, it needs to be my idea. It needs right, to on be his terms. on his terms for sure. Um, Which is the root of that is insecurity. Yes. hundred percent. So we need to work on beefing him up and getting him more comfortable. And it's always a catch 22 because yes, do I want him to be more comfortable with dogs running up on him? Yes. But do I want dogs running up on him? No. Mm-hmm. Like that owner needs to back it up. Like, Although it, it's possible that she also invited that because she had said that she wants Atlas to be good with other dogs. So True. If that's the case and you had invited that interaction, I think Atlas needs a little bit more time and but before you rush into these interactions with other dogs, especially puppies or dogs who don't have manners, Yeah. Um, I think that you, you might be moving a little too fast for him. If that was the case, if you told the owner to come to you and Atlas and you were stagnant, I would refrain from doing that just for a little bit. I never really liked that anyway. I don't like when dogs meet face to face stagnantly as we're just standing there on leash with them. Um, it's very daunting um, and it's uncomfortable for them. They, they, like, they understand that we're staring at them and we're just like waiting for something to happen. So if he's uncomfortable to begin with and then we're all just like watching them, it makes it 10 times worse. If you want him to get better with dogs that are like that, because again, 
you can't pick and choose sometimes in social situations what happens, right? Not every dog is going to be an angel like Oakley is. That's why I use him on trainings because I like to lead into the craziness. He's extremely calm and he doesn't care or make eye contact. Mm -hmm. That is not every dog, right? right? So you can't just train with an Oakley. It doesn't work like that. So you have to work your way up to more difficult dogs. So what I would do is do a pair walk and we have tons of episodes talking about pair walks and how they should be done. Never let them meet face to face because he's not going to be comfortable with that. That just, you're right up in the moneymaker and he's going to be like, whoa, you have every opportunity to bite me right now. Right? So I want them, like if that happens again across the street, the other woman's like, Hey, um, can they meet? And you're like, Hey, let's go for a pair walk. Let's walk together. Right? So Atlas can get his bearings and be like, okay, this puppy is kind of bouncing all over the place. But after five minutes, I am now realizing this puppy is harmless. This puppy hasn't done anything to me yet. Nothing bad has happened. Most dogs will calm down as the minutes go on. And let's say the puppy goes ahead and you let Atlas go a few feet behind and snip the puppy's butt. I'm sure you'll see the tension in the shoulders completely drop. And he'll be like, oh, okay, I got the scent. A lot of times what happens is when we meet stagnantly in a circle, when they meet face to face, they'll sniff each other's noses and then they'll immediately go to sniff the butt. So it's like, um, what is that? That recycle sign? Like the arrows are going both ways. Um, When that happens, when Atlas goes to sniff the other dog's butt and that dog goes to sniff Atlas's butt, they're both exposing their necks. This is, I find, to be the turning point. When we do that, again, excitement and fear are right next to each other. So Atlas may be thinking, oh, let me smell this dog's butt. And then he's realizing as that's happening, his neck is exposed. Again, it goes back to like animalistic type stuff. He's going to be like, oh, crap. I need to protect myself. Like I'm going I'm I'm- to hurt before they can hurt me. Right. Which, again, is that insecurity. And the worst thing about that kind of situation and it happens like every single time. If both dogs are on leash, guess what's going to happen almost immediately? The leashes are going to get intertwined. Mm-hmm. And breaking that up is going to be that much more difficult. And then when you're stressed out and you're lunging to get the leashes undone, the dogs are getting uncomfortable because they don't know why you're doing it. It's a hot mess. So I never like dogs meeting face-to-face on leash unless they're already gravy. Unless we've done a pair walk together, they're like... Inner, like they, they are next to each other, shoulder to shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, they've looked at each other. They've ignored each other, detached from each other. Then you can let them meet on leash if they want to like play and stuff like that. But it, it need, there needs to be that, that period, that grace period of letting both dogs get comfortable with being around the other dog. Like just yeah. getting over the fact, okay, there's another dog here. It's not just me and my owner anymore. Right, especially when, when one of the dogs is like Atlas. Yeah, he's scary. And it, it it might not seem like it to you because he looks, like you said, he's being aggressive, but this is... That's fear reactivity. It's insecurity and it's fear. And He didn't bite anybody. If that dog was jumping up on him and his mom and he didn't bite anybody, that's, that's just reactivity. He's right. just upset. He's like, I need you to back up. So he's really... If that's the case, if he's like jumping all over both of you guys and Atlas didn't bite or nip... That is, he's really showing bite inhibition. Like he's really showing that he's showing restraint. Yeah. And I totally forgot what I was going to say. Did I cut you off? Yeah, a little bit. Sorry. That's okay. I'll remember. I just get a a thing and I just can't shut up. Um, But what you had said earlier that it's a, I want to hurt you before you can hurt me kind of situation. Mm -hmm. It's not out of like, um, you know, screw this dog. I'm going to bite this dog. Get away from my mom. 
although you being in the mix and your husband and thank thank him for his service for us but your husband being away and you being 32 weeks pregnant could add to the stress Mm -hmm. so his baseline stress level is now elevated from where it normally is and his threshold is that much smaller so by allowing these situations to put put him in these situations um, it doesn't take very long to go from a to b anymore and he just wants what looks like aggression is what he knows to have worked in the past to get whatever it is he wants away away yeah i think that's a good way to explain it though like like I always try to explain it to my clients as like a meter, right? So like if he on a on a really good day when dad was home and you weren't pregnant and everything was good um is like hovering around like a medium, like let's say 5, right? Our our meter is 1 to 10. And he's around a 5, a little bit of reactivity but nothing too crazy. Now dad's gone, right? So that adds stress and he's probably at like a seven from that and then add your pregnancy. So let's say he's at like a nine. He's super quick. His, his edginess is like, really it's, it's it, there. Yeah. It does, like I said, it doesn't take long to go from A to B. Exactly. So if she was one of your clients, what would your first bit of advice be? Um, like what's something that she should be doing almost immediately? I think uh, what I do and I explain this to a lot of my clients is we're going to do a lot of little things that encompass one thing. So like, I know she's trying to do a ton of like walking and training with him and stuff like that. Um, gauge his normal stress. I think this is like the biggest thing that I've been realizing lately that when I talk to clients, even, even the best dogs, like, like I say, I say to them, like, explain your dog to me. And they're like, well, our dog is completely perfect other than 5% of the time. And I, and I get into the nitty gritty and a lot of times anxiety is being missed as a normal trait. Right. Like their personality. So I want you, I, I want mom to really look at Atlas as a dog and see, is, is there any other anxiety going on other than reactivity to dogs? You're saying like observe him when he's not stressed out yeah. and look for like things like displacement behavior. So like um, yawning shaking when he's not off, tired, shaking off when he's not, not wet. Not being able to calm down after something stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, like the client I had last night, um, we were talking because she had a bad experience at the groomers and now she doesn't let anybody touch her face. But then we were talking more and more. And as we got into the nitty gritty, I was like, your dog has anxiety. And they were like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, well, when you're going for a walk, cause you're trying to get all of her energy out. And then she comes back to the house and she can't calm herself down. Now she's obsessed with playing and moving and, and, and being up your butts. She can't calm herself down. Um, and that, that is, poor coping skills. So that is something that needs to be worked on as well. So I'm looking, I want to give her that information so she can say, Hey, let me, before this baby gets here, let me make sure that there aren't triggers that I'm missing that I can be working on before the baby gets here. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's one, um, definitely playing around with your three D's. So maybe, um, in face interaction, isn't the best for this week for Atlas. Let's right. take it slow. Let's let's go back, go to, back kindergarten. to kindergarten. Go back yeah. to kindergarten. And um, let's say you're 100 yards away from a dog. Let's say the, the person is stagnant on a bench in the park with the dog. Dog's not reactive, right? That's a really low level stress. Play around with that that D, which is your distance, right? Your distraction is low. You can play around with your distance and you can also play around with your duration of time of how long that you're, you're practicing for. If you're going to stay 100 yards away, your duration can be longer mm-hmm. because- you're not passing his threshold. And that's where the value of understanding his baseline anxiety yeah. comes into play. Because 100%. then you can see, okay, I see that this is a new 
behavior that's showing anxiety. Yeah, he's shaking off or he's right. not making eye contact or he's trying to lead you away or um, he's really focused. That's the biggest thing I think that we miss out on too with, with dog reactivity. Um, we, we don't notice that our dogs are staring and focused and, and we notice it only when they bark or they react. I want you guys to really look at your dogs and the second that they start noticing something, that's when we need to start doing the, um, you're a good girl, you're a good boy, giving treats, super excited. That is the moment where we miss, and it's, it's such a big moment because that's the start of the negative emotions. That's the start of your dog being like, oh, what's going on over there? Oh, oh, I'm uncomfortable. I'm watching it. I'm watching it. It's moving. It's coming closer. Holy crap. And now I'm going to bark and I'm going to go crazy because that is when the dog or the person or the child has then come closer to the threshold. So they need to bark because the threshold is really uh, when they lose it and they can't come back from it, right? So if we don't ever pass that threshold, of course, with training, we need to pass the threshold from time to time to to get past it, but we need to take baby steps. It can't be um, 100 yards away and then 20 yards away, and we expect it to just be better the next time. That is a lot of stress to put on a dog very quickly. So we need to take our time with it and really watch them before they react. Very good. Do you think anybody noticed? That you were gone? <laughs> no, but I was rambling. Yeah, I know. You You bought me some time. I appreciate it. Um, but unfortunately that means I didn't hear what you just said. So I can't really I was bounce talking, off what you were saying. I was talking about how, um, a lot of times we miss when the dogs are, um, like the, before the reaction. Yeah. Right. So we, we only start training when the barking ensues or the crying or mm-hmm. like the lunging. And that's not that they, we're already too late. Um, so it needs to be the second your dog notices something and is upset and watching right. that then very you, focused. Then, you know, mark that moment understand the distance duration distraction and you know that's where your dog's at as far as when the stress starts and And that's what we need to push through right that's our goal and i always say set a goal for yourself let's say you go to the park today and you would like to get within 20 feet of a dog without him losing it all right see what you can do if that's the case but you have to stay super positive and keep moving if you are stagnant he is going to focus right so like Let's say um, like circumference. Let's say that dog is is sitting on that bench still with their owner. You can circle that dog. You can keep moving and keep your distance the same. Right. So there's no, when you go to the park and you're using other people, like there's, yeah, I mean, sometimes you can't manipulate every situation, but there is a lot that you can do to set yourself up for success Mm -hmm. and then slowly start making that circle smaller and smaller. Um, But again, start with your Oakley's. Start with the, the easy dogs that aren't going to freak him out. Because if, if and this is to Atlas's mom still, if you only focus on dogs, like the dog that you were talking about that he had a very poor reaction with, he is going to think every dog is like that dog. Right. He needs the difference. But I wouldn't go for that dog right now. It's yeah. too much for him to handle. Or similar dogs, you know, yeah. other puppies. And it's important to really, really do your very best to mitigate situations like that because they compound on each other. So every time he has a bad experience with a dog, Mm -hmm. that just set his training back one month, two months. And the more often that it happens, you can very well get to a point where walks are impossible. Mm -hmm. Because he's not going to want to go outside. Right. So I I think the most important thing you do right now is to protect him from those situations until he's ready to handle them. 
And then you just take it one day at a time. And I think the biggest thing too, or at least one of the biggest things is as owners, and I see this all the time with my clients, you guys find it really hard to speak up. And I don't know if that was the situation here, but I do think it's something. Like when someone says, oh, is your dog friendly? Yeah, we get nervous. They ask after the dog's already all over your dog. Not only that, but like they say, is your dog friendly? And you don't want to say no because your dog is friendly. I always say our dogs aren't friendly when we're on the street. I know you do and I hate it. They say, are they friendly? No. (laughs) I hate that you do that. But but you don't hate that I do that. I know. At the same time, there, there, there isn't, for me, there's an easier way. You're not a huge talker. I am. I'm not a talker. And- my dog doesn't need to play with your dog. Exactly. Especially Oakley. Like Oakley is the one who we're saying is like bulletproof and all this stuff. And, you know, he can he can mingle with any dog. But in that same situation, when a puppy runs up on Oakley and immediately jumps on him, he shows teeth and he growls. And he gets He communicates that he's not happy. And we want him. this. Yeah. We want him to growl. We want him to show teeth. We want him to give every single warning he possibly can before re- resorting to something else. And it, it sounds like Atlas might have been doing this. And it was being and ignored. It was, it was being ignored by the puppy or the other dog. And then he chose that it was necessary to escalate it. Yeah. To protect himself or protect you in that yeah, situation. Yeah, like it hasn't been working. Right. So that's another thing. I don't think that she is because she listens to this podcast, does positive reinforcement. But if you are in that position, if you or anybody listening is in that position, don't scold your dog for that. Because they, if they're growling and showing teeth, you don't want them to no longer give those warning signs. Because they'll just bite. Right. So, so even Oakley, who is, a, you know, an amazing dog, he does therapy with kids. If a puppy runs up on him and he's uncomfortable and they go right in his face, he makes it very clear back up. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I always tell him he's a good boy because, one, I want him to feel comfortable. And that's the whole thing. His emotions were were negative right. for whatever reason. Um, you know, and there's so much about how dogs communicate he that we don't know. He was attacked by a little dog. He was. Well, before we got that's him. Why. Before we got him, he was attacked by um, a very small dog. It's <laughs> so pathetic. He was like it. mauled. He was mauled by this small dog. And because of his nature, he doesn't fight back. And the foster mom said he rolled over and this dog just like, I mean, he's, a, he he's had, an 85 pound he had dog. He st- had to have stitches all over his body on his chest, his, his ears, ear, both his of his elbows. ears were cut like the dog bit the ear and bit through. It and looked just like somebody down. cut him with a scissor. Yeah. Yeah. So he got mess- he got and his, jacked and up. his chest, his chest was was open as well. I mean, the fact to get stitches on your chest—that's just a weird area. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like it's like an arm or a leg. You it know, probably what I mean? hung on. Yeah. So, so that's why when we're out in public and so, oh, my dog's friendly or whatever. I I know that you don't like it that I say that our dogs are not friendly because that's the quickest means of like not getting having out to of explain. the situation. Yeah. Right. It doesn't matter to me what this guy thinks about my dog. I know, and but for me. And I know a lot of other people that probably feel the way that I do. I want to give you guys tips on how to answer people because you don't want to say no. You don't want to say yeah, no. You probably dog- shouldn't handle it the way I handle it. That's no. just how I choose to <laughs> do it. John just doesn't care. Um, but I do. And I don't want people to think that my dogs are aggressive because that is um, people that are not educated. The second you say no, my dog's not friendly. They're like, oh, well, what's wrong with your dog? Well, it's definitely changed now that we have Tishy, who's a pit bull. Yeah. And so, I don't want now- people to think that. Right. Because she is friendly. She's very friendly. But she... She might eat your dog if they're super tiny. We're not sure yet. Yeah, she's got a little bit of prey drive, but she's fine with Pudge now. In the beginning, she was kind of focused on her, but I think she just really liked her. Um, she has had many opportunities to to mess Pudge up, and she has chose not to. So um, I think she just takes a little while to desensitize. But 
what I want you guys to feel empowered about is, is speaking up for your dog and saying, Hey, we're working on training. Um, could we go for a pair walk rather than them meet face to face? Or, um, we're in training right now. I'd rather them not meet. Um, but thank you. Um, yes, my dog is friendly, but a little reactive with smaller dogs or bigger dogs. You have to speak up, do whatever it takes to phrase it correctly and be friendly without, and this is depending on your personality, without looking for or setting it up for a response, if that makes sense. Um, like it's something that's a, another person can hear and be like, oh, okay, no problem. Right. You know what I mean? Um, or you could just say no. No, my dog is <laughs> friendly or, you know, it's annoying. I don't know. I hate it. I, hate I know that you do. Because, and, and if you are one of those people that constantly asks if another dog's owner or another, <laughs> another owner's dog is friendly or not, keep your distance and say, Hey, you know, um, my dog seems really interested in your dog. Would you, would you want to meet? Would you let them meet? If they say no, just no problem. Like, yeah, that's probably a better thing. If you're the, if you're the big asker, yeah. Ask if if your dog wants to if their dog wants to meet your dog, not if their dog is friendly, because it's exactly. embarrassing for some it people. It is. And- Nobody wants like you're setting them up. It's either a yes or no question for a lot of people because they don't know you and they don't. A lot of people get social anxiety with people, especially on the street when you don't know people. Yeah. Like I do when random people start talking to me, and I'm like, because <laughs> <was> funny. <laughs> you know, I'm what gonna I mean, add though? that noise to the soundboard, <laughs> play it, and embarrass you. But you know what I mean, like so. Random how about people- this? What if from now on, when people say, are your dogs friendly because they want to meet them? I say, yes, but I'm not. That's fine. <laughs> You're okay with that? <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, yeah, I just think this is something that needs to be talked about more. And, and But such a wide range. Like I have a client who she just admitted to me the other day. She's like, when I'm walking with Bodie, he, if he sees another dog, he will sit put. Until he gets to say hi to that other dog. Now, again, there's always two sides here, right? Yes, he's super friendly and he wants to go meet the other dog. And I think that's great that he's friendly and he's excited to see other dogs. But he needs to be able to cope with the fact that right. not every dog wants to say hi that's to him. borderline neurotic at that point. And, and she always says, like, she feels so bad when she has to constantly ask people, can my dog say hi to your dog? And we were talking about it. I was like, listen, like, he, we need to work on how to get him out of those obsessions when he's like super focused, right? Um, so if this is your dog, there's always a flip side. Either your dog's like Atlas or your dog is the opposite and is like Bodhi. Um, so both sides need need to be worked on, mm-hmm. 100%. Um, so if your dog is super, super friendly and they can't focus on anything else when there's a dog around, that's something that you should be training on too. Yeah, friendliness is great. But again, there it's just like love and hate. Fear and excitement are exactly the same. They're just a little bit different. One's negative and one's positive. Even positive anxiety can be negative. Because if a dog is flipping out because they're so excited and they want to go see another dog, they slip out of their harness, they run over, then they get bit, right? They were excited. They met no malice in it. But at the same time, shit went down. Yeah. So these are two extremes that are very similar. You could think that, oh, my dog's super friendly, like, and your dog's not, and like have that type of attitude. Your dog's no better. In my opinion, they're the same. Just different, uh, different sides of different the extremes. anxiety spectrum. Just, just different extremes. So, if if any of these sides are are your dog, definitely try to work on these. So it makes your life and other people's 
lives and their dogs' lives much easier. Yeah. Because not everybody, and a lot of times, like when I'm walking our dogs and when I'm doing a training session, when I'm doing a training session with the dog while I have Oakley there, and I'm trying to get that dog to like Oakley. And then I have a third party that's like, hey, your dog's friendly. And I'm like, can you see I'm working here? Yeah. And then they just stand there and stare at me when I'm, I am giving all the signs yeah. that I am not. And that adds stress to the dog that's trying to exactly. learn to be friendly. And we literally were at the Keyport Waterfront. I was working with um, a pity named Cassie. She's super sweet. She's selective with dogs, right? So I brought Oakley. She was doing great. Um, Mom and daughter are both disabled. So one was on a scooter and one was on um, a wheelchair. So like I, they had Oakley and I had Cassie. Now this guy, I think the dog was like a wine moran or whatever. Very sweet dog. Not super reactive, but this guy had him on a retractable. This is like a 70 pound dog on a a very long retractable. And twice in a row, as he's walking up and down the waterfront stopped and like was kind of like circling us, like kind of like cornered me between like the fence line and like the bushes and stuff where I couldn't move with Cassie. I I literally couldn't move. And I was showing everything that we were not interested. Like he took a step forward. I took a step back with her. Right. And I'm trying to tell him like, we're in the middle of a training and he just stared at me. And I was like, do you not speak English? I'm confused. Like what's, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I'd else like to, to say. say, like on the podcast, don't be that guy, but I know that guy is not listening. No, he's not. And anybody that's like that guy is not probably not listening. No, so. it was just, it, it blows it's my mind. Like you see that we're doing something here. Yeah. Uh, your dog is not a thing for you to socialize with people. And the dog didn't even really seem that interested. Your dog doesn't need to say hi to other dogs. No. End of the day. It they shouldn't don't. be a talking point. Like yeah. that's your family. Like, do your thing. Like when I'm walking, when we go walking with Oakley and Tishy a lot, we're just trying to enjoy our family. Mm-hmm. We're not here it's, to socialize. We very rarely get to have family time where we just go for a walk together, do something nice. We rarely have time to take the dogs for a walk. And when we do that, I want to focus on them. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you want to, if you want to socialize your dog, go to the dog park, go to doggy daycare, go to places in open areas where other people are doing that. If no one is, is reciprocating what you're putting down, Keep it on moving. How the hell did this turn into a rant? It always does. It's been one of those weeks. You sound bitter. I'm not bitter. I'm um, just... All right. So... That's not nice to say. Don't make them think that I'm bitter. <laughs> so, <laughs> Catherine, if you today. need additional help, um, just send us an email, possumuniversity at gmail.com, or send out a consult request on possumuniversity.com. And, you know, if you wanted to set up a virtual training or something... could also help you with the baby stuff if you're... At all nervous. Yeah, definitely, because you're down to, what, about two months? 32 weeks? There's about two months left? Yep. Um, Yeah, that's exciting. There's a lot of things that you can do to get them ready that a lot of people don't know about until they happen, especially if you're a first-time mom. And I'm wondering if she found us from the pregnancy podcast. Possibly. 32 weeks, so it's possible. Um, So if you didn't find us from the pregnancy podcast, go listen to the episode. Um, I don't remember what it's called, but we were on the... The pregnancy podcast with, with Vanessa, Vanessa Martin. 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 There we go. I love her last name, Martin. Um, all right. I think that answers that question. Yeah. 40 minutes later. <laughs> and uh, we hope the best for you and Atlas because yeah. it's it's an ongoing. You're not the only one. Everyone is experiencing this. Do we tell everybody the secret that's still under wraps or do we save it for it's next week? It's up to you. It's your secret. Let's save it for next week. Okay. John's got big stuff going in yeah. the plans. Manufacturing. Um. Stuff. That's the hint. Stuff.
premium stuff. All right. Um, if you would like to buy our dogs a marabone as a thank you for the podcast, you or, can. Or buy us a farm. If you want to buy us a farm. <laughs> which one is my exit button? I did this last week, too. Oh. Let me say. No, that's my cursing one. No. Okay. Yeah. Did you get it? Yeah. Oh, I think it is. It's low. Turn that up. Uh, if you'd like to buy our dogs a marabone to thank us for all the hard work that we put into his podcast, even though our dogs do nothing and they sleep on the floor while we're recording and they get the <laughs> marabone, you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash possum. You could uh, head over to our website, possumuniversity.com. You could send us an email, possumuniversity like, <laughs> at gmail.com. And you can ask us your question. We also have the Ask the Trainer page on our website, so you can fill out the form. Ask us a question on the Ask a Trainer form and follow us on Instagram at Paulson University, TikTok at Paulson University, YouTube, Paulson University. All of it is Paulson University. Anything you'd like to add? No. Um, <laughs> that was great. We still have 20, 19, 18 seconds. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this podcast every week. And we're going to continue to put it out. And uh, Pray for us. Yeah. We'll see what happens with this farm. Until next week. Class dismissed.